DEI budgets are under attack, but the goals haven't changed. Whether you're looking to increase your DEI knowledge, expand your market reach, or gain a competitive advantage in business, we have the solution. TDM Library is your single source for expert curated DEI resources, strategies, and solutions, all designed to help you transform your workplace culture and be a more effective contributor. For $9.99 per month, you get access to our searchable subscription-based digital library. There, you'll find articles, practical how-to guidebooks, podcasts, award-winning micro-videos, and more than 700 Q&As designed to help DEI practitioners, thought leaders, and executives create a more inclusive workplace. Whether you prefer to listen, watch, or read, we have the resources for you. TDM Library goes beyond the basics to dive deep into topics such as inclusive language, the business case for DEI, talent acquisition, and C-suite engagement. For less than the price of a sandwich, you get access to our library of more than a thousand pieces of original expert curated DEI content. Join today and get your first 30 days free. Get your library card now at tdmlibrary.thediversitymovement.com. You can't stop me, nothing's gonna stand in my way. Welcome to the Donald Thompson Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We've had such a great third season so far with amazing guests like Anson Dorrance, Tanya Williams, Jen Hoverstad, Joe Colopy, David Gardner, and more. And I love having conversation with folks in the Triangle who inspire me to be great and, and others as well. But today we're going to flip the script. We're going to do something a little bit different. I've heard from some of you and you want to hear my perspective, my advice, my point of view on a handful of different things. And so even my mom said, hey, when are you going to talk a little bit more from the cuff? I want to hear from you. And so this one's for you guys. Fortunately or unfortunately, however we want to describe it, right? When I became CEO of a technology company called iCubed in 2005, 2006, Shortly after, you know, we had a good year, 2006. I was like, oh man, this CEO thing can't be that hard. I got it. You know what I mean? 2007, eight and nine were at the time, right? The worst economic periods for business that, you know, we'd seen since the great depression. So you had a pretty traditional recession and, and scaling back in business. You had a lot of technology firms that were leveraging resources in the U.S. Back then it was a big shift to outsourcing uh, development work, for example, to India and different lower cost geographies. And then you had the economic and the mortgage crisis. And all these things converged at the same time. And so it was bananas and not in a good way. And people were reacting because there was something systemically wrong with our markets because we had overinvested across so many industries that were affected by the housing bubble that burst. And that all of these loans and properties, I mean, think about how bad things are when banks are going out of business, right? Like, like, you know, take a step back and think about, and banks make money basically doing nothing, right? Like they just are moving paper. And as long as they make decent decisions on who to loan money to and different things, they always make money. Well, this was a period of time where companies like Wachovia and different things were literally going out of business. And, you know, I think it was like, I don't know, it was... TARP, 
right, was the name of this government bailout, that this huge amount of money, General Motors, Ford, Chrysler on the brink, like you couldn't think of a more catastrophic situation. So how did we grow through it? Well, certainly we were fortunate and we were committed, but we were in the software um, integration business. And so we built technology for large companies that were cutting back, laying people off. And so we had to do some things, counter narrative, if you will, in that we had to lower our prices in a time where we were losing clients, secure relationships with our larger clients and get them to fire other suppliers, not us, number one. Number two, while we were lowering our costs, we had to over-deliver so that we could create more value for everybody that we were working with. So I wouldn't say that those times were our highest level of profitability, but they were our highest level of innovation, both in terms of how we did contracts, both in how we still survived and won new business, and also building a team that refused to lose. When you're a bootstrap company, you make payroll or you die. We had a different foundation of our mission than larger companies that could try to weather the storm. And so one of the things that we did well is we continue to find ways to help our clients grow their business. And when you're dealing in a recessionary period of time, when people are cutting back in marketing, when they're cutting back in development, when they're cutting back on innovation, layoffs are abound. You have to find a way to tie what you do to bottom line cost savings or top line revenue growth. And because we were able to do that with a handful of very large clients that we were working with, we were able to survive and advance. And ultimately we grew 30% year over year, 2007, eight, nine, and then grew even faster in 2010. But it was a lot of hard work. It was a lot of pain. We had a couple of layoffs that we had to deal with. It wasn't fun, but we pushed through keeping in mind two things, save our clients money or make them a shit ton of money. And if you could do one of those two things, you still could have a business conversation with people that would get deals done. The one thing that's different that we're thinking about now in this kind of craziness, right? Because one of the things about the past recession is it was focused on a couple of different industries, right? So manufacturing was really hit hard, for example, right? So automotive and different things. This global pandemic is affecting every human being on the face of the earth. It's either affecting you from a healthcare standpoint, people that are getting sick, it's affecting you because industries are being shut down. It's affecting you because other family members in the old global economy, right, is participating in this pain and nobody is immune and that is making it different. And so one of the things that you have to do when you're dealing in a economic situation where it's harder to sell is you have to find ways where you can be the company of trust faster and better than anyone else. And the only way you can sell from a period of trust is if you have an existing client that already trusts you, you can have future facing conversations, even if you have to take less money for the deal, even if it takes longer to get the deal done, you can still have conversations because there's trust and that client will tell you what they can and cannot do quickly. So you don't spend a lot of time in the sales cycle trying to chase ghost deals, right? Which is the most painful thing in sales period but it is deadly when you're under stress for your business. The second thing outside of existing customers is partners. Because if you are selling through a partner to their trusted relationship, you can still skip through all of the traditional vetting process because there's a power of recommendation. It's no different if you're gonna buy a house and you need a recommendation for a realtor. A good friend of yours said, you should use Joanne, she's amazing. 
if you're looking for a lawyer and somebody says, you should use Forrest Firm, I've used James Forrest for 10 years, he and his team and David Morris are amazing. That power of recommendation decreases the number of people that potential client is gonna vet through because they've already got recommendation from trusted sources. So they're actually gonna make an up or down decision faster. And then if you're one of those recommended sources, it is more likely you have a chance to actually win that deal. And so I think that double down on partnerships is a strategic imperative in any business that you're in because referrals are king. I'm in the digital marketing space with Walk West. We love it. Video production, amazing. All those different things. But you've got to find a way to be the trusted vendor, vendor of choice, because people are going to shrink the number of people they talk to. And they're going to shrink the number of people they do business with. So referrals and partners right now are oxygen. I think that we have gotten into society, and it's good for me and good for us in that it allows us to be super competitive, but people have gotten lazy as marketers and salespeople, and they think that they can just push a campaign into the magic Google button, the magic Facebooky, and then leads come, right? And yeah, maybe if you're selling something super simple, mm -hmm. right, a baseball cap, a t-shirt, or something like that, but if you're selling something complex, people do their research. How is your company going to stand up to the scrutiny and give you that opportunity to not only be noticed, but for people to take you seriously because the research they did on you as an individual and your company validates what the marketing said, validates what the referral said, validates what your partner said. Mm -hmm. So I think right now marketing is about trust building. It's about true thought leadership. That's where podcasting, white papers, webinars, mm -hmm. podcasting, white papers, webinars, because it gives you the opportunity to speak in more depth to your client from an educational component, not a sales component. And so I think the successful people today are going to be educators and it turns into a business conversation over time. You can't stop me. Nothing's going to stand in my way. Nothing. 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 I'm going to fly higher. I'm going to fly. This podcast is edited and produced by Earfluence. If you're looking for more information on how full service podcast production can amplify your voice, build your community, visit earfluence.com. Thank you for listening and we'll see you soon on the Donald Thompson podcast.